Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Hello. Thank you for joining us for the Friday, August 12th, 2022 reading of the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. On today's program, How to Slash a Big Medical Bill, an excerpt from the article How to Save Money Now from Consumer Reports, and Trust Your Gut, Literally, When It Comes to Relationships, from USA Today, plus The Dangers of Sodas and Other Sugary Drinks, from AARP Bulletin, and more, time permitting. Here's our first report. How to Slash a Big Medical Bill, from Consumer Reports. Are you dealing with hefty medical expenses after a hospitalization or multiple appointments with specialists for tests and treatments? You may be able to negotiate a lower bill, experts say. Try the following. Step 1. Get a detailed invoice from the hospital or providers. Scan the invoices for any duplicate charges, fees for services you did not receive, or anything that is unclear to you. Then, flag anything that seems off. Almost half of all medical bills contain at least one error, according to Caitlin Donovan, a healthcare policy expert at the Patient Advocate Foundation, which helps consumers deal with medical bills. Step 2. Wait for your EOB, or Explanation of Benefits. Doctors' offices and hospitals may mail initial bills to you before they even submit them to your health insurer. So, hold off on any payment until you receive an explanation of benefits, or EOB, from your insurer, either digitally or in the mail. This will show what you owe after the insurer has paid its portion. But note, if your EOB shows that your health insurer is refusing to pay for services that you think should be covered, call the insurer to see whether it's a correctable mistake such as a coding error for a certain test or treatment. If it's truly a denial of coverage, you may need to file an appeal. There are specific steps for doing this. Find them at healthcare.gov slash appeal dash insurance dash company dash decision slash appeals. I'll repeat that now and at the end of this story. That's healthcare.gov slash appeal dash insurance dash company, dash decision, slash appeals. Step three, mistake or not, seek a discount. There's no harm in calling the hospital's accounting office or the billing staff at your doctor's practice and asking whether they'll reduce your bill. In a 2021 to 2022 survey commissioned by the online loan marketplace LendingTree, More than 90% of respondents with medical debt who tried to negotiate were either partly or fully successful. Or, if you have the funds to pay the entire bill, asking the hospital or provider for a prompt pay discount for doing so in a timely manner may save you 15% or more. After hospital care, you can also call and ask a billing specialist whether the facility offers financial assistance. According to the American Hospital Association, about half of U.S. hospitals are nonprofit. This means they are required to offer free or discounted services in some instances. 
This is usually reserved for low to moderate income patients who have limited or no health insurance. But requirements vary from hospital to hospital, says Jared Walker, founder of the nonprofit Dollar Four, which helps people apply for such help. Step four, get outside help. If you've gotten nowhere on your own, the Patient Advocate Foundation may offer free negotiating help. Check to see if you're qualified. Or consider hiring a medical billing professional to negotiate for you, but be aware of what the fees may be. These services can cost upward of $100 an hour. You can find potential candidates through the Alliance of Professional Health Advocates. Be sure to choose someone who is credentialed by the Patient Advocate Certification Board. And once again, if you would like to file an appeal or want that information, the steps for doing this are healthcare.gov slash appeal dash insurance dash company dash decision slash appeals. Up next, trust your gut, literally, when it comes to relationships. Here's why, by Sarah Kubrick from USA Today. Have you ever used a GPS but then ignored its instructions? It would say something like, at the next stoplight, turn right. But maybe you didn't hear it, or maybe you thought you knew a better way. Regardless of the reason, you kept going straight. This is often what we do when our body tries to communicate. We either don't notice, or we think we know better, and choose to ignore it. Reflecting on how our body communicates with us is not something many of us do, but our bodies do talk to us all the time. The question is, are we listening? Our body can give us insights into our relationships, work, friends, partners, boundaries, or even our preferences. It's fairly common for us to feel butterflies on a first date or to feel our eyelids droop with exhaustion during a long flight But do we stop to think what it all really means? If you're confused by how your body may communicate, here are some examples. You cross your arms when that one so-called friend enters the room. This could mean that this individual triggers you, makes you feel unsafe, that there is an issue you need to work through with them, or that you no longer want them to be a part of your life. Your breathing speeds up when you start kissing someone. This could mean that you were excited, turned on, or that you feel anxious and uncomfortable by the situation. You get a sinking feeling in your gut when you agree to do something you don't want to do. This could mean that you violated a boundary you've previously set with yourself, or that you feel used or misaligned as a consequence of this commitment. You can't stop smiling when someone suggests ordering Chinese food for dinner. This could mean that you love Chinese food, that you are happy not to have to cook, or that you feel loved by someone's thoughtful suggestion. You feel nauseous. This could mean that you are stressed, nervous, exhausted, pregnant, or you may have food poisoning. You get headaches when you work too much. This could mean that you need to rest more, take on less responsibility, or invest in a standing desk. You avoid eye contact. This could mean that you feel uncomfortable, shy, or guilty. You are hunched over. This could mean that you are spending too many hours in front of the computer, or it could mean that you don't feel confident, that you feel defeated, 
or that you feel like you have to protect yourself. As you can tell, there are multiple signs and interpretations available. This is why it's important to tune in. If you were to scan your body right now, what do you notice? If your body could speak, what would it say? It could be helpful to set a timer on your phone throughout the day to remind yourself to check in. It's amazing how many of us don't spend time checking in. It's amazing how much information we miss out on when we ignore our bodies. Notice how your body responds to the people around you. Are you moving backwards when someone stands next to you? Is your body turned away? Do you want less physical touch, even though you generally enjoy closeness? Do you feel uncomfortable in your own body when around certain people? Tip: Try to move your body every day, if possible, and in a way that honors it. Go for a walk, stretch, dance in your living room, play tennis. Whatever allows you to take care of your body and get to know it a bit more. Sometimes it's hard to know what it wants to say when we are so disconnected. Of course, some of us have a strenuous relationship with our body, a relationship that makes us distrusting or disappointed by it. This can make it a lot more difficult to tune in or want to. If this is you, and if this is a journey you want to take, I hope you approach it with gentleness and patience. Remember, there is no shame in asking for help from friends, family, or mental health professionals. Up next, the dangers of soda and other sugary drinks. A daily soft drink is more harmful than you think. By Kelsey Ogletree from AARP. From designer sodas and fresh-pressed juices to bubble teas and chocolatey frappes. We have more options to suck through a straw than ever before. Creative non-alcoholic drinks are all the rage, often matching the latest cocktails in their complexity. Consider the Spring Fling, offered at Utah-based Swig, one of the new old-fashioned soda shops popping up of late. It's made with Dr Pepper, vanilla, strawberry puree, and coconut cream. But this isn't a healthy trend. Guzzling sugary beverages of any kind puts you at greater risk for weight gain, insulin resistance, and type two diabetes. Drinking calories is not natural. It was never part of a human being's evolution, says Japing Li, M.D., director of the UCLA Center for Human Nutrition. In fact, sipping sugary drinks may be more harmful to your health than chowing down on a candy bar. Here's why. They turn into fat fast. A typical healthy person has about five grams of glucose, a form of sugar, circulating in his or her blood. A twenty-ounce bottle of cola contains sixty-five grams of sugar, five times as much as a typical glazed donut. When you drink a sugary beverage, it enters your bloodstream and raises your glucose levels very quickly. Far faster than if you took in the same number of calories from a solid food. When your body suddenly has more blood sugar than it can use for energy, it converts this excess glucose into body fat. Worse, even though sugary beverages are loaded with calories, your brain doesn't recognize drinks as food. Calories in liquid form do not really produce satiety, Lee says. So even as it floods you with sugar. A soda won't trigger the hormones that tell you to stop eating.
they come dressed as healthy. The belief that certain drinks are healthy can cause people to forget about their sugar content, says Tim Spector, M.D., professor of genetic epidemiology at King's College London. A great example of this is store-bought orange juice, he adds. It's an ultra-processed food and has as much sugar as soda. And for some people, it can cause the same sugar spikes, he says. Same goes for sweetened coffees, fruit smoothies, or sports drinks, which can contain 34 grams of sugar in a 20-ounce bottle. The American Heart Association recommends adults consume no more than 6 teaspoons, or 25 grams, of added sugar per day for women, 9 teaspoons, or 36 grams for men. And that includes all the sugars snuck into the breads, sauces, and prepared foods we eat. They may shorten your lifespan. If the threat of diabetes and obesity weren't scary enough, Long-term consumption of sweet beverages may also increase your risk of dying from heart disease and certain cancers. Harvard researchers found sipping drinks sweetened with sugar to be associated with a moderately higher risk of breast cancer or colon cancer. They also discovered that for every additional sugary drink a person consumed, on average, per day, the risk of dying from heart disease increased by 10%. And here are five ways to cut back. A sugary beverage now and then is okay as a treat, but on a regular basis, the sugar rush is far too rapid for our bodies to handle, says Tim Spector, MD. Here are some ways to cut down. Number one, swap sparkling water for sugary soda. Calorie-free seltzers come in an array of flavors. Number two, Brew your own iced tea. Chill a pot of tea, then add just a touch of sweetener if you want. 3. Flavor up your water. Sliced fruit or calorie-free powders or drops add zing to plain water. Number 4. Snack on fruit. Replace juices with whole fruits, especially citrus fruits and berries. Number 5. Don't drink away stress. If you need an energy rush, consider physical or mental exercise. Up next, why do I snore? Causes explained and tips for a quieter night's sleep. The sound isn't as normal or as healthy as you think. By Kayla Blanton from Prevention Magazine. Of all the odd and sometimes gross functions our bodies endure, snoring is a pretty big head-scratcher. We've all been awoken, or begrudgingly kept awake, by the robust, involuntary gurgles, be it those of a bed partner or our own. Yet most of us don't understand why they happen. It's time to change that and learn how to alleviate the rumbles when a swift nudge or flipping over doesn't work. Here's why you snore plus common causes of snoring and how to stop snoring. What is snoring? At its very core, snoring is a sound, and sound is created by vibration, explains Abhinav Singh, MD, MPH, FA, ASM, medical director of the Indiana Sleep Center. During sleep, breath supplies oxygen to the body, and when that airflow passes over the soft tissues of the back of the mouth, also known as the posterior pharynx, including the uvula, 
the mouth's sidewalls, the back of the tongue, and the soft palate, they vibrate, creating a snore. Vibration of the back of the nasal passages can also contribute to the sound, says Singh, but the back of the mouth does the heavy lifting. Snoring symptoms. The symptoms of snoring may seem pretty obvious, especially to your bed partner. But loud noise isn't its only function. Snoring can also come with witnessed breathing pauses during sleep, excessive daytime sleepiness, difficulty concentrating, morning headaches, sore throat upon awakening, restless sleep, gasping or choking at night, high blood pressure, chest pain at night. Snoring causes. Some people snore more than others due to a naturally narrow airway or weight gain in the neck area. Singh explains. More often than not, though, consistent snoring happens when the soft palate and its surrounding tissues are relaxed, or, as Singh puts it, flabby. When these tissues are sagging and the air is flowing by, they vibrate. Adds Rash Dasgupta, M.D., board-certified sleep medicine physician. Assistant Program Director of the Department of Internal Medicine at the University of Southern California, and member of the Prevention Medical Review Board. What causes the sag? Lifestyle habits mostly, drinking alcohol before bed, taking certain medications like sleep medications, and pre-existing health conditions can all relax the mouth's muscles. Inflammation of the airways caused by congestion, sinusitis, or rhinitis also creates opportunity for vibration, which is why you might snore when you're sick. Tips for a quieter night's sleep: Whether you're the nudger or the nudged at night, you might benefit from these tips for more undisturbed sleep. Get off your back. Dr. Dasgupta says you are more likely to snore when you're sleeping on your back because gravity causes the tongue to block your airway. Try side sleeping instead. Eat a balanced diet. Both Dr. Dasgupta and Dr. Singh say a narrowed airway caused by weight gain can lead to increased snoring. Stay rested. It may be easier said than done, but when you're overtired. Dasgupta says the body skips directly into deeper stages of sleep, creating heavier snoring. Try a sleep tracking app. Apps like Snorelab record and track snoring, which can help you understand its patterns and make adjustments. They're not the most accurate, but they will give you a starting point. Advises Singh. Do a sinus rinse. If you're struggling with allergies or sinusitis, Dr. Singh says a sinus rinse, like a neti pot, may help clear them out and minimize noise. Use an air purifier. Although you love your pets, their dander may not always love you. Ignore the snore no more. When to see a doctor? If you've tried all of these solutions and still struggle to sleep soundly, or If you're getting elbowed more than three times a week, Doctor Singh says a sleep apnea evaluation may be warranted. The condition affects 20 million people nationwide, according to Doctor Dasgupta, and is marked by breathing disturbances that cut off oxygen supply, creating brainwave tribulation and preventing quality sleep. Along with snoring, other signs of sleep apnea include headaches, night sweats, fatigue. 
forgetfulness, difficulty concentrating, and high blood pressure. If untreated, the condition can cause a laundry list of other symptoms, including heart attack, stroke, anxiety, and depression. Whether it's you or your sleepmate who constantly saws logs, don't let it persist for too long. When you're in your usual state of health and you snore, that's when it needs to be addressed, urges Dr. Singh. Ignore the snore no more. When you hear something, say something, he says. Up next, why you should be buying the ugliest watermelon you can find, according to a food expert, by Michelle Ross from Well and Good. When shopping for fruits and veggies, how many of us look and linger for as long as needed to find the most visually appealing produce available? I know I can't be the only one. After all, there are a handful of food brands built around the very premise of giving ugly produce a fighting chance on the market. And all this time, we thought that the dating market was too selective. Now, before everyone's favorite summer fruit goes out of season, we want to let you in on a little secret. You'll be doing your taste buds a favor, as well as helping reduce food waste, by picking the ugliest watermelon of the bunch, discolorations, dark spots, and webbing included. Here, Mai Nguyen, chef and creator of My Healthy Dish, explains why. How to pick a watermelon, three ugly signs that indicate a high-quality fruit. According to Nguyen, Opting for ugly watermelon is a foolproof method for picking the sweetest watermelon in the bin. Although she's a famous food expert by now, Nguyen says that her father taught her this hack as a child. He would tell me that picking a sweet watermelon is really easy just by looking at it, she recalls. So what constitutes an ugly watermelon? Keep an eye out for these three key indicators of so-called ugliness that actually indicate an abundance of sweetness and flavor. A big yellow patch. Apparently, those of us who look for uniform shades of green on whole watermelons and shy away from ones with yellow patches have had it all wrong this whole time. You want to look for a big yellow patch because that's the part that lays under the sun. The bigger the patch, the longer it was ripening in the ground, Nguyen says. And as we're well aware, peak ripeness means peak sweet and juicy flavor. Number two, lots of webbing. When it comes to webbing, the uglier it is, the better, Nguyen says. Webbing is caused by bee pollination, so if there's more webbing, it'll be sweeter, she explains. Even if you have to get an impromptu arm workout to look around for a watermelon with lots of webbing, you'll find that your efforts will be worth it by the time you get home, get carving, and bite into your sweet summer treat. Number three, dark spots. Next, Gwen says that you'll be lucky if you're able to find a watermelon with a few or many dark spots. These dark spots indicate that sugar is seeping out which is just another sign that the watermelon is very sweet, she says. The takeaway. Basically, don't let looks fool you by going for the perfect green watermelon. Nguyen concludes, instead, go for the ugliest one you can find. Nguyen also adds one final tip worth remembering as you're working your biceps in search of the sweetest watermelon. The perfect watermelon will be dense and heavy, which indicates that it's full of water and not dry, she says. 
Of course, this beloved summer fruit should be as juicy as it is sweet, not only for taste and texture, but also for peak hydrating potential. Don't forget that watermelon contains up to 92% water, making it one of the most enjoyable, flavor-filled ways to stay hydrated, whether you're sweating it out in the sun or battling wonky AC in your apartment. Thank you for joining us for the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.